Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning. How many feel super peaceful after that little intro song right there, right? Super chilled out, right? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about peace today, and uh, we are right in the Christmas season. And a quick just reminder, if you haven't grabbed one of these, uh, I'll give you a couple little more information. I know we had a couple questions with stuff. There's a bunch of items on there. That doesn't mean you need to get every one of those. You can just do one gift. That's fine. Do whatever you feel need. If you want to take more than one kid and do a couple kids, that's fine. That works too. The big thing is, though, is that they have to be back by next Sunday. And the bulletin is a liar. No, so the bulletin says that to wrap them, you don't actually have to wrap them. You can actually, it'd be better if you just bring them back in the, the bag that you uh, got the items in with this card there. So make sure you uh, take some cards. I know we still have some left, so let's uh, let's jump on that and uh, we'll get those together as well. And then uh, again, tonight is going to be an incredible night as we do have our serve team appreciation from five to six We have a gift for you, so if you've jumped in, served in any capacity this past year, whether on our serve teams on Sunday mornings or whether even on uh, our Flory Park outreach items, uh, we want to make sure we just know that we're so grateful for you. We thank you, and we have a gift for you, so you can come anytime between 5 and 6. And if you want to, at 6 p.m., we have a family movie night, so you're more than welcome to stay. And we have popcorn, all sorts of goodies as well as we jump into that. But I'm excited as we are going into our new Christmas series entitled Christmas Lights. So just uh, how many of you enjoy Christmas lights? Like you'll get the family together, drive around, okay. Yeah. How many of you enjoy putting up Christmas lights? This is all, that's, a, that's a very loaded question, right? But some of us, we do. So Christmas lights, are they're, they're a fun part of this season. And I, I kind of narrow down, there's different levels of decorations on a house. There's different levels of, of Christmas lights. So I like to go through a couple of them. One is what I like to call the acknowledgement level. So this is bare minimum. All right, this means that you may have put a Christmas tree in a window that people can see from the outside. All right, this is, this is the acknowledgement level. You may get a little crazy once in a while and throw even a porch light on, right? Just acknowledging that Christmas is here. So there's, there's the acknowledgement level. And then I like to say that there's also the attempt level. Now, the attempt level is really that the house I grew up in with my parents, they, they always stayed right at the attempt level. So the attempt level is this. It's where you do something on the outside, but not too much. For us, it was uh, some greenery on the railing. Maybe we got a little crazy a couple years, and we even put lights on the railing. But like that's about as far as it goes. Now, for us right now, like the, the attempt level is maybe the, uh, the laser light show. You, guys, you can just plug that in. And put it out. That's, that's an attempt level. Like you don't actually have to like do anything. You don't have to get on any sort of ladder. You don't have to do any prep. It's just kind of there, right? That's the attempt level. And I think we have a picture of my, my parents. They're still, they're still rocking the attempt level. So this is their house. So they, they, they just rock the door. And then this is pretty. It's nice, right? But it's not the next level. So that's the attempt level. And then we have what I fall into. It's the rookie level, right? So the rookie level is this. We'll go with my, that's, that's our house. So this is the rookie level. So the rookie level is there's actually lights up. I did get a stepladder, no extension ladder, but I did get a stepladder. And then if you look at it, I didn't really put a plan together. I just threw lights up there and it was going to end where it ended. Now, luckily for me, I made it go all the way across. On the right-hand side, there's a peak of our house, which would have made sense to go with the peak, but I didn't have enough lights for that. So what I did is I just stretched it across and it, it looks pretty good, right? 
I didn't have any prep for this. I just got some lights, threw them out there, and, and threw them up there. In fact, I did this at 1045 Friday night after Thanksgiving. So that's the, that's the rookie level. Like there's something there, right? And then, so how many, let's just be honest, how many of you with me with the rookie level? We got any rookie level people with me? We got a few, okay. And then I like to say we have the, the professional level. Now the professional level is where there's the, a thought out process to this. You probably even put the lights up like during the daylight. That's crazy, right? You may have even like matched some lights and put some plans together and, and then you went extension ladder. Like if you get an extension ladder out, you are pro, right? So we've got a couple examples of this. So right now, act like you're in the backseat of a car. We're going to go through. We're going to take some Christmas lights together. House number one is the Commons Ford house. DJ Commons Ford, our worship leader. It's so pretty, right? Ooh. Like lights all the way on the second level, matching to the light pole. Like there's a thought process put together. Like that's, that's, that's professional level. And another one is the, uh, I think it's the, the Wolford house. This is Justin and Kaylee. Like, look how nice that is. Very, very pro, very professional level put together. You know that there's, there was some thought put together this. This was probably not done in the dark. And there was a ladder that was actually used for this, right? And we got another one. We got the, the this is the Lord's, well, we're in the Lord's house right now. But there's also Robert and Amanda. This is their house. If you look at it now, they didn't go second level, but they get up to see, they get to professional level because there's, look at, I mean, this was thought through. Like there's deer in there. And like not the deer you shoot, but deer like that you like make look pretty. So again, that's the professional level. Like and how many how many of us were professional levels, right? You had the opportunity to share, but I, I threw it on Facebook. If you didn't give me the picture, you don't get bragged on here, but that's all right. And then we have then we have competition level. So we had one competition level that I saw when I threw it out on Facebook, and it's uh, John and Georgia Snorf. Let's give them a round of applause for competition level right there. So competition level includes multiple things. So the laser light show alone is just, that's just rookie. Like, that's just an attempt. But when you add it to certain things, dude, now you're getting into competition level. And not only that, there's a next level too. There's Clark Griswold level, right? So now nobody posted Clark Griswold pictures for me. So I had to find one off the internet. And it looks like this, right? That's Clark Griswold level. And then the neighbor next door, I don't know whether to say it's a temp level or it's even beyond because that's just smart, right? Come on. <laughs> but if you think about it, there's something about Christmas lights, right? There's, there's something that they, they captivate us. And they probably, they've, they've done that since we were little kids. We really get into it. There's something really just about light itself. I mean, if you think about it, light, it can give you, give you a sense of peace. Right? Light can, can give you a sense of comfort. It can give you a sense of hope, and it really can give us this feeling of safety. And that's what we're going to talk about through this series. We're going to talk about these things, peace, comfort, hope, and salvation. And we're going to talk about how they're encompassed in the light of Christ, and the light of who Jesus is. In fact, Jesus said this about himself in John 8, chapter, or chapter 8, verse 12. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me. And as always, if you don't have a Bible, we challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. If you want a real Bible too, we actually have free real Bibles that you can take as well at our Connect station. But in this passage of Scripture, Jesus had been teaching, and there's so many people that were hearing him, and then there were some people that were actually questioning who he was, right? They were questioning his authority. So Jesus clarifies who he is by stating this in John 8, 12. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
Here's Jesus. And what he's saying, he's saying he's the fulfillment of these prophecies that these Jewish people have been waiting 700 years for. For 700 years, they were waiting on a Messiah. They were waiting on, on a light to bring them peace, to bring them hope, to bring them salvation, to bring them comfort. And Jesus is saying, I am that light. He's saying, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light for all to see. He's saying he's the sense of peace for all, the comfort for everyone, the hope for the world, salvation for all who follow him. And whoever follows him, whoever follows him, whoever follows the light will not walk in darkness, but instead have the light of life. Right? This is a whole nother level of Christmas lights. Right? We talk about all these different levels. This is the Jesus level right here. And this is what Christmas is all about. Jesus is the greatest of all the Christmas lights, and he's the reason for Christmas itself. He is the true light. And today I want to talk about how his light brings us peace. So as we think about peace, and we think about the Christmas season, those two obviously go hand in hand, right? For some of us, we think about it. Like when we come around the Christmas season, we think about peace, but we don't really experience it. I mean, think about Christmas season, think about Thanksgiving, what, it's filled with certain things in our lives, right? It's filled with spending time with family, and not only that, it's filled with spending a pretty uh, elongated times with extended family, which is not necessarily always peaceful, right? It could be a little rough. Not only that, this is a, this is a time for people shopping, and, and there's so many people out on the road, sometimes you just wonder, like, don't these people work? Like, what do these people do? Where did they all come from? I thought Newark was supposed to be a small town. Come on, man. Like, where are they all coming from? There's people everywhere. It's a little stressful. And I don't know if you're anything like me. Listen, I love to run. I'll go run. I'll go run in the woods for five hours. I go shopping for 15 minutes. I'm way more exhausted in that 15 minutes than I am going out in the woods running for five hours, right? It's exhausting. It's, it's not very peaceful. It causes some stress, right? And again, we, Jesus is a time where we push our budget to the very limit, right? We try to push it to, to, to maximize everything. Sometimes we even, we say, well, don't even worry about a budget. We'll figure all that out in January, right? Well, so we'll just get on a credit card. Listen, don't do that. That causes some stress, right? That takes away some of our peace. And this is a season for many of us that we don't, we don't really experience peace. Instead, we experience chaos. We experience mayhem. We experience confusion. I mean, just think about our schedules alone. Right? This, this month, this month is like a crazy math, like math problem just trying to figure out schedules. Right? We have kids, for us, we have kids going to wrestling. We have kids going to basketball, mixed in with company holiday parties, mixed in with family visits, travel, all these things. And then we have to go shop, wrap presents. And then we write Christmas cards letting everybody know that things are, things are great here at the Huffman house. Oh, they're fine. We're all calm. Christmas season's great. That's just like a Thursday night, right? You put all those things on top of each other, you feel a little bit of stress, right? The Christmas season is really pretty crazy. It's really pretty chaotic. And it's not anything new. In fact, if you go back to the first Christmas, the story of Jesus' birth, it makes our Christmas season look a little tame in comparison. All right, so just to, to set the stage for this first Christmas, it's important again to know that, that centuries before the first Christmas, there's a prophet named Isaiah who, who prophesied and foretold of Jesus' birth and how he would be known as the, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Isaiah prophesied over how, how this king would rule over all the earth. And unlike previous kings, he would rule with peace. He would bring a, a, a rule with justice and righteousness like nobody ever did. He would rule this kingdom and would be everlasting. And when you hear these things, this is what people are waiting for. It sounds nice. Right? Again, it sounds peaceful. It sounds great. This king is bringing all these things. 
However, when Jesus arrived, right, the birth of Jesus wasn't one that we would really expect for this royal king. When Jesus came into some circumstances that weren't really perfect. He came into circumstances that, that weren't quite really what you would think that someone that has been foretold for centuries and centuries, they, that they wouldn't really expect. Because if you look at it, Jesus was born in a barn to a poor couple, to an unwed couple, to an unwed mother. Think about this. Right, this isn't peaceful in our minds. I mean, just think about Mary herself. Like, imagine the scorn. Imagine the ridicule. Imagine the rejection that she likely received from many of those in her community. Right, think about the rumors that, that were spreading like wildfire. Here they are. Think about this awkwardness that she had. Again, they're traveling to go pay taxes, and they're traveling with their families to the place where all their family was from, so they're probably all talking behind her back. This is what Mary's dealing with. And not only that, then you have Joseph. Right? He's the engaged man. He's the boyfriend who probably has some tensions of his own because he's got his fiance, his, his girlfriend at this time, who has a baby, who's pregnant with a baby that's not his. Let's just say that's, that, causes, that causes a little bit of stress, right? That causes a little bit of conflict in there. And then on top of that, they are all traveling. They're traveling miles from home and endured some hardships along the way. Yet through this, you see that Joseph and Mary experienced peace. Yet through all these circumstances, this is the story that brings peace to the world. This is the story that brings peace to us. And here's what I want us to understand about peace today. Here's what I want us to walk away with. True peace isn't determined by circumstances, but by faith and perspective. True peace isn't determined by our circumstances, but by our faith and our perspective. And we see this in the first Christmas. We see this with Joseph and Mary. So as we start off this Christmas series, what we're going to do is we're just going to, we're going to actually go through the Christmas story together. So this is like, this is like get down, let's wrap around. This is story time with Corbin as we go into this Christmas season. We're going to actually read Luke chapter 2, 1 through 21. So let's just jump in. This is a passage of scripture that you're probably familiar with. This is one that you probably even read on Christmas morning. So let's just act like it's Christmas morning right now. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. So again, here's Caesar Augustus. Right? He issued a decree for everyone in the Roman world to be registered. And the purpose of this, the purpose of this census was for taxation. I mean, think about this. Here's the Christmas season. Here's the season where there's busyness and put taxes on top of that. And we all love taxes, right? This is it's our favorite time of the year, right? And, but for them, it wasn't like they can wait to the last day and make sure it's postage marked right on April 15th. No, for them, they had to, to travel to where they grew up, to where their, their ancestors came from. So this is what Mary and Joseph were dealing with. And this is all prior to their delivery date. Now, we have a, a couple pregnant women in the, uh, congr in the congregation in the church right now. Like, both of them are due. We've got a, a few of them. Some are due actually in December, right? Two of them. So, it's pretty exciting stuff. But imagine, like, just you can go, you can go talk to either one of them. You'll see them. But you go talk to them and see what it'd be like if they were, <laughs> see what it would be like if they were traveling by foot and by donkey, right? These are not great circumstances, right? These are not ideal circumstances for a pregnant woman. This is not ideal circumstances for, for a couple who's dealing with some issues. Again, here's Joseph still wrestling with this whole fact that his girlfriend, his fiance, has a baby that's not his. Imagine that road trip. There's some awkward death silences and some glares going on, then some nice little tension fights, and then back to silence. That's what they're dealing with. This is what they're going through, right? It says this. It says that he went there 
to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. All right, so again, she was ready. She was ready to go, right? Because she had the baby while she was there. While they were traveling, while they were away, Mary gives birth. Like, not ideal circumstances. And what's crazy about this, in all actuality, Jesus' birth really wasn't this big ordeal. It almost got overlooked. Like, we make it up with, with songs and we tell stories about it, and it's incredible because God obviously was working, right? But the birth itself, and he was born in a, in a place where, where nobody even had room for him. Like people were completely forgetting that this is what's going on. It's almost like a forgotten ordeal, right? This all almost went unnoticed, but God was working behind the scenes. And I think a lot of times the same thing happens in our life. We could be going through circumstances and God is working behind the scenes. All right, check this out. Verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news and will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. If you look at this, God was working, right? In the middle of these circumstances, God was up to something. He was up to saving the world. He was up to bringing a peace that surpasses all understanding. He was up to bringing hope for the world in a hopeless situation. And the truth is, he does the same with us. A lot of times we go through circumstances that may not really feel peaceful. But what God is doing, he's working behind the scenes to give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's times where we go through circumstances where we may not feel like there's hope. We may not feel like we're not going to make it on the other side all right. But the truth is God is working behind the scenes. He's working behind the scenes. And check out what happens next. Verse 13, as God's working behind the scenes, it says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Here's what's incredible, right? From the perspective of Joseph and Mary at this point, even from the shepherd's point, there's, there wasn't much going on. They're thinking like, dude, there's a baby got born. Yeah, cool. But from the perspective of angels, they're singing his praises because the Messiah was born. Right? They knew that God was up to something. They knew that the hope of Israel had arrived. They knew that the Prince of Peace was here, and their response was singing praises. Right? Praises that really serve as an inspiration for, for one of our most cherished Christmas carols. If you think about it, this, the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, is about this. And it says, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic, with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. In the middle of these circumstances, this is what's coming out of it. These are the praises that are coming out of it. Listen, the truth is God's working behind the scenes and there's angels proclaiming his praises for what he's doing in our lives. For the peace he's going to bring to our life. It's not the circumstances, but it's the perspective and it's the faith. And if you look at it, the angel's perspective led to the shepherd's faith. Faith enough to go and see what was going on. Verse 15 continues. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told, told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at this, what the shepherds said to them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it had time to, to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Again, God's working throughout this, this story. And God's working behind the scenes. He's in the middle of it. He's all throughout this, right? And what this is, this is the Christmas story. This is the story of the light of the world. This is the story of, of true peace and how it's even filled them within times of crazy circumstances. Again, Mary and Joseph, their circumstances weren't good, right? In fact, if you look at their circumstances, were pretty messed up. But they didn't let that. They didn't let their circumstances determine their peace because true peace isn't determined by circumstances, but by faith and perspective. I think the problem, if we're honest with ourselves, I think a lot of times we let our circumstances rob us of our peace. And if we're honest with ourselves, we get caught up in our, in our surroundings. We get caught up in our situations. We get caught up in the struggles that we're going through. Right? We get caught up in all these things. And then we, instead of living in light, we get stuck in darkness. Right? Instead of experiencing God's peace, we get stuck in our own anxiety. We get stuck in our own worry. We talked about it last week. We get stuck in our own fears sometimes. I think we can easily become discouraged. We can easily become confused. We can easily live in chaos because of this. Understand this. The enemy wants that. Nothing. He wants that exact same thing for you. He wants you to be robbed of God's peace in your life. And when we're living in that, when we're living in that anxiety, when we're living in that stress, we're living in a plan for the enemy. We're not living in the plan that God has for each and every one of us. The truth is, the enemy, Satan, will do anything to rob us from God's peace. He'll do anything to keep us from experiencing it. But he's actually not creative. He uses the same tactics over and over and over again. In fact, if you look at Mary and Joseph, they experienced four tactics that we experience today that Satan tries to use to rob us of our peace, right? to try to turn off the lights in our life. They're age-old tactics, and you can recognize them, and they show up. They show up pretty big during the Christmas season. So number one is this. One of his tactics is, to finance, is our finances. He likes to cause a little tension. He likes to cause and stir and mix things up and our finances, right? Finances can steal your peace. Finances can rob you of your peace. And the Christmas season brings that to light. It brings that to the forefront. It brings that more than any other season. Right? I think for the Christmas season, we find ourselves like Mary and Joseph. If you look at them, it says that they didn't have much, right? They, were, they weren't really wealthy at this point. And then they had this baby on the way, so finances likely weighed heavily on their minds. They're probably a little stressed out on how to make ends meet, how to make all these things happen. And the truth is, this is a season where we can be stressed out about the same thing. Like, how are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to make certain things happen, right? You look at it, money is one of the leading causes of stress for all Americans. It's one of the leading causes of divorce and marriages, right? It causes tension. It causes fights in marriages. It causes fights among families. It causes fights among friends even. And it causes anxiety. It causes worry. But understand this, it's just a circumstance. Finances are a circumstance that we're going through. And too many of us, I think we let our financial circumstances, they rob us from our peace. And this season is one where it's, it's easy to get caught up in it. It's easy to play the comparison trap and, and compare ourselves to the neighbors down the road. Well, their Christmas is better. They must be richer. So you know what? I don't feel great. I look down on the blessings that I have because of what I'm doing. It's easy for us to fall into that trap. But what it is, is a tactic from Satan to rob us of our peace. Another tactic is, is travel. Think about it, Christmas season, it's filled with traveling. And traveling can steal your peace. It can rob you of your peace. Listen, the truth is, like some of us, we have to repent just commuting to work because of travel, right? 
Right, three minutes in, we're like, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to change this, I'm going to have to put some, some praise worship on, I thought, go this louder, but make it louder than me yelling at everybody around me, right? Travel can be stressful sometimes, it adds some stress to our lives, right? And it's a tactic that Satan uses to mess up our perspective. If you look at Mary and Joseph, again, what did they do? They were traveling, right? They had traveled approximately 90 miles to Bethlehem. The trip for them was long, the trip for them was hard, it wasn't like we have it, even in cars, right? It took a toll, and it could take a toll on us as well. I think traveling in this season is really, it could cause some stress. It could rob us of our peace. I mean, for some of us, we'll be honest, right? It's not, a, it's not a car trip with our family unless we've had a fight before we even roll out of the driveway, right? It's true. And for traveling in this season, we're getting kids from college. We're going and traveling to, to different family members to go visit with them. And it can be a time and it'll be a circumstance that, that can rob us from our peace. And for many of us, we let it, right? We let it. Number three is, is family itself. Listen, family tension can rob you of your peace. Some of us, we know exactly what this means, right? This was just this past couple of weeks when we celebrated Thanksgiving, right? Now listen, although a family is amazing, it can be sometimes a little rough to be around your family, especially for a long period of time. Satan acknowledges, he realizes this, and he uses it as a tactic to rob us of our peace, right? He did it with Mary and Joseph. If you look at their story, Mary and Joseph, again, they're traveling back to Bethlehem to pay taxes, to register for their taxes. They're they're going back to Bethlehem where, where Joseph was from, right? Where his family was from. Guess who else is going back to Bethlehem as well? All of Joseph's family. So they're all going to be there together. And not only that, here's Joseph with his pregnant wife who's not pregnant by him. Talk about some awkwardness. Talk about some weird conversations around the table. This is where they were, right? This is some tension and family can put some tension on our lives, right? And I think we've experienced this before, and sometimes we can allow this to rob us of our peace. There's times where we can let people get to us that, that, that we really shouldn't let get to us, right? We let our uncle, who's whatever, crazy uncle, he, he drives us nuts. We let him drive us nuts when, when God's saying, you know what, you're above that circumstance each and every time. I think many times we can let family, we can let family rob us of our peace. The other one is the, our view of God, right? The truth is our view of God, how we view God, can rob us of our peace. If you look at the shepherds, it says that they were filled with great fear at the sight of the angel. They were intimidated about what God was doing. They were intimidated with the spiritual encounter. And the truth is, spiritual encounters can be intimidating. Right? For many of us, this is a time where we can invite friends and family into, into church. Right? And again, I challenge you, invite your friends, invite your family over the next few weeks, invite them to Christmas Eve. People will come with you. But understand this, they're probably scared at the same time. Because sometimes spiritual encounters can be intimidating. And when we fear that God this way, when we fear him out of, of being scared, it robs us of our peace. I think many of us, we, we've been there before. We feel like, you know, I just, the lightning's going to strike when I come to the church because I'm not good enough. The truth is, yeah, you're not good enough. But Jesus is, and God doesn't see you as you. He sees you through the lens of Christ. And we need to remember that. We need to, we need to remind those that we're bringing and inviting that that's the truth. Right? That's the truth, and that's how we experience peace. I think many of us, we have a, a, a distorted view of God. But if you look at it, what did the angels say? The angels said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And then they began praising. And they were changing the shepherd's perspective. Because a true peace isn't determined by circumstances, but by faith and perspective. If you look at Mary and Joseph, if you look at the shepherds, in this story, their circumstances were not ideal but they still experienced peace because they had faith and because they had perspective. And because of that, they experienced peace, but they experienced Jesus in an incredible way. 
Jesus was, if you look at it, he was born into the mess of this world. He was, they were, he was born right into the, to the stress of this world. He's born into all the craziness that goes on that you look around thinking like, oh my goodness, right? This is what Jesus was born into. But he was born into it for a reason. He was born into it to give us peace. A peace that can carry us through life's difficulties. A peace that surpasses all understanding. What if instead of focusing in on our circumstances this Christmas season, what if we gained a little perspective? What if we grew our faith a little bit? Instead of getting trapped into the circumstances of our finances, right? instead of looking at how small our bank account is, instead of looking at, at watching it and watching it dwindle away and thinking, man, what's going on? Instead of looking at our Christmas under the Christmas tree and thinking there's not enough presents, what if we actually realize, man, you know what? I'm blessed. So the chances are you probably drove a car to get here or rode in a car to get here. You know that 8% of the world, the, only 8% of the world has a car. Understand that you are blessed. Half of the world doesn't even have a roof over their head. If you have a roof over your head, guess what? You're blessed. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, focus on what you do have. Change your perspective and start giving God the praise for it and start living with faith for what he can do. Think about what would happen if you changed your view of that, right? Think about what would happen. Maybe for you, maybe if you're, you're stressing about your time with your family and the travel you have with your family. What if you changed your view of travel and realized, you know what, this is a time where I've got my spouse in the car. It's just me and him. It's just me and her. Right? What if you view that as a time where you can actually do some quality time? What if you viewed it as a time where you had some quality time with your kids? Say, hey, we're going to put the tablets down for, for 15 minutes and we're just going to talk. And then you can get in the tablets because they're going to fight after 15 minutes. Take it in spurts, right? Be smart about it. But what if you viewed it as quality time instead of getting stressed about it? Instead of worrying about how crazy your family is going to be and what inappropriate comment your uncle is going to say, what if you actually slow down enough and actually listen to their story? What if you slow down the season to listen to their story? And you know what? It may give you the opportunity to share your story. It may give you the opportunity to share who Jesus is to you. What if we view this season as a time where maybe we could lead someone to Christ? And instead of just being related by blood, we could be related by the blood of Jesus, right? What if we changed our perspective a little enough to do that, to bring peace not to only to us, but to bring peace to others? So we can do this when we have faith and perspective. Romans 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? through whom we have gained access by faith into, his, into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. It's through faith and perspective. Here's how we gain faith and perspective. If we look at it, you see what Mary and Joseph did. You see what the shepherds did to gain faith and perspective. Number one, we see Mary, she reflected on the things that God was doing. In our lives, we need to reflect on what God is doing. We need to reflect on what God has done. If you look at a reflection, it really, it builds our faith because it gives us a foundation of what to look back on. It gives us a, a foundation of, of what to go and, and rely on and rest upon, right? Reflection also gives us perspective because it allows us to see circumstances from a different light. It allows us to see circumstances from an area where we've already seen God prove himself faithful, right? So I want to challenge us. This season, reflect on the light of peace. And if you look at Mary, it says this. It says in verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In your life, are there some things that you need to treasure up? And what does that look like? Maybe for you it means writing some things down that God's done. 
Listen, I self-admitted a couple weeks ago that I'm failing at my journaling. But listen, the truth is, journaling is an incredible way to reflect. It's an incredible way to treasure some things up that, that God's done in our lives. It's an incredible way to look back and see where God's proven himself faithful each and every day in the lives of us and the lives of our family and the lives of those around us. It's an incredible way to even jump in and see where, where God's been faithful through scriptures over and over again. So if you're not journaling, I challenge you, use it. Maybe this week, this is where you start. Maybe this for you is a way to treasure up what God's done. And an easy way to do it is to start with what God's done through the Bible. Start with Scripture. There's a SOAP method of journaling, which means this. Scripture, find a Scripture, write it down, right? write the full Scripture out, and then the O is observation. Write what jumps out to you. Write what you observe. Write where you see God's faithful. Write something that you can treasure up. Then A stands for application. I write about what that means for you. How can you apply whatever principle, whatever truth is in that scripture to your life? And then the P is for a prayer. Write a prayer out and say the prayer of how you're reflecting and treasuring up the things of God. Listen, I want to challenge you. Maybe for this week, there's something that you just need to record, whether it's in scripture, what God's doing in your life, whether what's God's done, whether what's he, what, maybe it's something he's about to do, but treasure up the things he's done. And then ponder them in your heart. So there's some things that you need to ponder in your heart. Are there some things that you need to hold on to and bring up and, and remember each and every day? Listen, this week, maybe, maybe start your day off with a minute, 60 seconds. Maybe even put a timer on where you spend 60 seconds just pondering things that God has done. Make a list of things you're thankful for, whether it's your, your kids, whether it's your parents, whether it's your friends, whether it's your workplace, whether it's the, what God's done for you. Just make a list, start 30 seconds, 60 seconds each and every morning or each and every night. Go over and start pondering things in your heart. What will happen is your perspective will change and your faith will grow. Right? Reflect on what God's done. Reflect on what God's doing and reflect on what he can do. Right? Use this season as a time to reflect and then use this season as a time to praise. Right? So number one, we reflect. Number two, we praise. Again, praise, it helps us gain faith. Praise, it helps us, it helps us find perspective and walk in perspective in a different light. Right? In fact, if you remember the angels, what were they doing? They were praising because why? They had a different perspective. And when the shepherds saw Jesus, all of a sudden, they had a different perspective as well. So what they do? They praised. Now, it works the opposite way, too. When we experience Jesus, obviously, we should praise. But when we praise, guess what? We experience Jesus. And again, it changes our perspective in an incredible way. If you look at it, verse 20, it says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Think, what's something in your life that you can glorify God for? Right? What's something that you can praise him for? What's something that you've heard or seen that you need to worship him for? Right? Regardless of your circumstances, we can still praise God. Right? For some of us, that means we just need to engage more. Like, so Sunday mornings, what do we do? We start off each service with a time of music. What that is, is a time of praise and worship. Right? It's a very tangible way that we can get engaged and get involved in praising. For some of us, that means that in order for us to praise, we need to take the next step. Right? We need to act like, at least act like we're praising. For you, maybe it's just mouthing the words, right? That if you have, if you just stand, stand still, maybe for you, you should start mouthing the words. That's fine. Maybe for you, you've been mouthing words for like three weeks now and you're like, dude, I'm ready to make some noise. Go make noise, right? We can turn the band up louder. If you're not that good, it's fine. Right? Maybe for you, it's to, to lift your hands, to do something, to engage, clap your hands, whatever it is, right? But listen, it doesn't just stay in this time. It's not just a pre-service, pre-sermon type of thing. It's a way of life. So instead of just doing it on a Sunday morning, let's take a little further. Let's start praising God in our life. And maybe for you, you're not a singer. You know what? Maybe for you, maybe it's just for you to, to vocalize what you're thankful for. You know, yesterday at a men's group, 
I have a life group, a men's group on Saturday mornings. If you're not in a life group, I challenge you to get involved in some incredible things. You learn from other people. Listen, I learned. There's a guy in men's group yesterday, and he talks about, about how he prays. He's like, you know what? Each and every morning I've been going through some stuff, and what I do is I just pray out loud. I'm like, huh. Now, I don't pray out loud. I always pray in my head, but I'm like, that's a pretty good idea. Because what he's doing is he's making a vocal recognition of what he's going through, and he's hearing it himself as well. What it is, it's a form of praise. Right? It's giving God what he has. Listen, that, that could be where you are. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe for you, your, your act of praise is to offer yourself as a, as a servant more. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you to praise because when you praise, it changes your perspective and it allows you to gain, it allows you to gain faith, right? I want to challenge you to reflect and to praise because true peace isn't determined by circumstances, but it's determined by faith and perspective. And when we reflect and when we praise, we gain faith and perspective. We, we have the faith that Jesus is the light of peace. We have the perspective and can see him from the aspect and from the angle of the angels where he is the light of peace. And the truth is we're called to live in that light. We're called to live in the greatest of the Christmas lights of all. And it's not just a Christmas season, but it's each and every day. We're given the gift of peace. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, to live out the words found in Colossians 3.15, which says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Live out the light of peace. If you would, pull out your connection card in the seat back in front of you. And maybe you're here today, maybe I'm talking about peace. Maybe I'm talking about Jesus as the, the greatest of all Christmas lights. Maybe you've never experienced those things. Or maybe for you, maybe you experienced it for a while, but walked away. Again, it all starts with a commitment to Christ. If you're here today and you've never made a commitment to Jesus or you did and you walked away, I want to give you that opportunity. And what you can do on that connection card is you can simply checkmark that box, that first box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. So if that's you, checkmark that box right now. Maybe you're here. And maybe for you, maybe, maybe what's keeping you has been your view of God. Right? Maybe you've been fearful. Listen, I want you to understand that God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. And he sees you through the light of Christ. All you have to do is you have to commit your life him. That's you, check mark your box. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you to, to live out peace a little more, to experience his light a little more. Maybe for you, you need to reflect on the good. Maybe for you, you've been living in the stress and you've been reflecting on the lives of Satan and you've been reflecting on these things that rob us of our peace, but God's saying, you know, it's time to reflect on me and my truths. So what I want you to do is I want, to, I want you, if God's asking you to do that, write it down. Maybe even write some of those truths out that you need to remember about yourself each and every day this week. Maybe for you, God's asking you to, to praise him more. As we go into praise and worship in just a moment, maybe for you, this is going to be the first time that you're going to sing out loud. Don't end here. Kevin said something. He said, let's continue to worship as, we, as he dismissed second service. He said it almost as a mistake, but the truth is it's, it's 100% true. When we leave here, we're not, we're not ending we're going to go continue to worship wherever we go, in our cars, in our houses, and our families. For me, maybe your action step is to praise. If God's asking you to do it, write it down and live it out. Whatever that is, write that down. There's also a place for prayer requests where we love to partner with you in prayer. If you would, take this moment to fill that out and any ties or offerings. And then Kevin will be up in the next moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www 
mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.